And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belial. Track drunk and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Country music and fine moonshine. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. We want to give a big thank you to our friends over at Off the Rails here in Worcester, Massachusetts. You can find them at offtherailsworcester.com. They have a great restaurant, a great music venue. They have everything you would want to feel like in Nashville right here in Central Mass. If you're ever in the area, check out the restaurant, check out the music venue. Again, offtherailsworcester.com, 90 Commercial Street, Worcester. Check them out. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, I am Jim, I am your host. We're kicking off Season 6 tonight, today, whenever the hell you're listening to this. If you're listening to this on the Dirt Road FM, welcome to our premiere. If you're listening to it on the podcast, thank you for tuning in and you know checking us out here. But you know, I don't want to get too crazy about this because we've done this a million times, right? Season six tonight, we are kicking it off with the absolutely incredible Austin Mead. Um, Austin came by this area up here where we are in the Worcester area, Worcester, Massachusetts area. This past weekend, our friends at Off the Rails were able to hook us up with Austin and his crew. A big thank you to his crew, Pip, Josiah, everybody. Um, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for making this happen. And most importantly, thank you to Austin. Um, this is one of those interviews where I'm not going to lie to you. I had no idea what was going to happen here um, because, you know, you know how we do this, right? We go into these shows not knowing a ton about the artist because we want to learn um, and we want the the conversations to be genuine. And this is the most raw, genuine conversation we've had with an artist, I think, ever um, up to this point. And I just love it. I loved how it came out. I love how the conversation just went. Um, uh, you could tell at times, I think Austin was trying to hold back, but also being genuine to himself, um, which I appreciate a whole lot. Um, I don't think he actually, you know what? Now that I say that, I don't think he held back much about anything. And I, I appreciate that just as much. Um, so the conversation you're about to hear is exactly the conversation we had. You know how that works for those of you that have listened before. Um, and you know, really, I don't, there's not much more I want to say because I think this episode is fantastic. It's a great way to start season six. Um, the conversation really puts us in our place. I think of where we are and the foundations we have here at the, the boots and whiskey podcast and exactly what we've wanted this show to be. It's raw. It's authentic. It is genuine you know and i love it i love it so thank you again austin for taking the time and sitting down with us um and doing the show so we appreciate it we look forward to seeing you again on your next trip through here because i'm sure that's going to come sooner rather than later 
Um, they had a fantastic show at Off the Rails. If if you're still, they're on tour for another another few weeks, and if you're in a part of the country that they're coming through, go see them because great show, great energy. Um, we're gonna talk about you know is Austin Mead country or not, and I, I don't want to get into that too much right now, but check it out because it's great. So until you know, without further ado, guys, um, here is our conversation with Austin Mead. Take it away. Now we are. Alrighty. What's up? Sipping on a fucking Pedialyte. Yeah, what's that about? I was going to ask you on the walk over, but I figured I'd ask you on uh, the show. Pedialyte is, uh, I, I wish I had their sponsorship. I don't yet, but we need to reach out to them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got fucking hammered last night in nice. New York City, and so I always drink Pedialyte like 24-7, and then they make the perfect piss jug on the road. They're the right size. True. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. They get two uses out of one bottle. <laughs> That's, you know, it's uh, it's handy that way. Yep. Especially uh, when there's nowhere to stop. Yeah, we, I, we have a thing called Piss Jug Alley, so it just gets filled up and then emptied out at the venues or whatever. That's how it goes on the road, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what, did, what were you doing last night in New York? We played Mercury Lounge. Uh, so we did that. We had all the suits there, all oh, the, yeah. like, booking agents and label people. My label's from there, so. Nice. Yeah, did that, and then just said, fuck it, and kept going. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got it. Yeah. You know? Well, pretty much every night on this tour, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I'm due for a break, but it's Saturday, so it's, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, are you guys doing just like the weekend thing, or are you doing, you know? No, we play like every day of the week on this tour. Let me pull it up, and I can actually tell you, but I think we did uh, basically the last, this is like a six or seven week tour. Mm-hmm. We've been playing almost every day since the 15th. So, but I did have some days off in Nashville, so I just made a new record. But other than that, we've been playing shows. They got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Damn. Sunday. Usually we have Monday off. But uh, yeah, other than that, pretty much every Tuesday through Sunday on this tour is booked, except for Easter. Nice. So, yeah. Wow. That's great. I mean, that's good for you. Uh, yeah, a lot of new places. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, you said you're got a new album coming out. When's that coming out? Um, I don't know yet. I just, I literally just put out Abstract Art and Unstable Mind in October. So mm-hmm. I just started working on this one. I'll probably start dropping some songs later this summer. And then, uh, the album, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect the album out till next year. Yeah. Now, but, is it done? Uh, not all the way, but pretty damn close. Yeah. Nice. All my parts are, most of my parts are done, yeah. I got to do some harmony work and things like that, but yeah, I'd say 80% of the way there. Nice. Now, is it, um, is it kind of, you know, an offshoot from what was released in October? Is it all stuff um, that, you know, I, when I say offshoot, like things that could have been on that album that didn't make it? You know, and that sort of thing. Um, some of them are songs that I've had for a while. A lot of them, were, if they were older songs, they were reworked. Mm-hmm. But I think about 75% of the songs are, have just been written in the last month. So nice. they, out of nowhere. Nice. So how did you come up with the sound that you have? Because, you know, I did a little digging, you know, of your past and like how you started to where you are. How did that whole thing come about? Um, I mean, time definitely changes an artist. Like, you know, the more you, the older you get, the more you play, and the more you know 
what you like and what you don't like kind of a thing. I think people's tastes change over time. So, I mean, the way the way we got here today is, uh, I mean, I'm, if I'm talking about comparisons from the early records, just a lot more playing shows and touring all the time. And um, I, I, I'd, I'd like to believe that my writing has gotten better over the last couple of years. Um, so that probably has a lot to do with it. I also, my musical influences change a lot, you know, so it depends on what I've been listening to for for that week or for, you know, that month. Um, but I don't know, I just write shit that is like honest and is me. I, I love rock music. I also like a lot of pop. I like, um, and I like some country music and I like, you know, rap, R&B, hip-hop. Nice. So I'd, hard to put a pin on it, but I think if you go back and listen to the early records, you might be able to tell what I was trying to do. I just wasn't very good at it yet, and I'm still trying to figure it out. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, people just, shit happens in life, and some of my songs are about, about you know, real-life things. Some of them, the last record was about a bunch of characters that I came up with in my head, and I kind of wrote a movie in my head and then put songs to it uh but the new the new shit's really heavy in comparison so heavy as in like subject matter um not necessarily i mean like guitar sounds oh, okay yeah, yeah. so like heavier guitars i did a lot in lower tunings on this new record um but yeah i mean i could say the word new about a couple of our records because that literally abstract art just came out in october so um, that's not even but a couple months old. Yeah, it's April 1st. So, uh, yeah, just always creating, always writing, and staying busy on the road, you yeah. know? Now, when we talk about genres, you know, and uh -huh. you just kind of touched upon it, would you call yourself more rock than anything else, or do you have a, you know, a little more wide um, range of sound do you think oh i mean if we had to use one word i think it would be rock but to me rock encompasses um anywhere from tom petty to arctic monkeys to rob zombie to right. i mean slipknot and corn those are still a rock band that's true so for me i yeah i mean if we had to use one word rock i guess but there's a lot of pop elements in our music there's a lot of alternative rock indie-ish type mm -hmm. stuff experimental shit there's a lot of guitar. Um, a lot of our stuff is based around guitar and, and you know vocal melodies. I've been focusing a hell of a lot more on vocal melodies for these last couple records. So, uh, but yeah, as far as subject matter goes, you know, you never. I never want to get to the point where I'm only talking about myself or only like sure. personal heavy things because I feel like that gets boring. So, I mean. This will be my, the record that I'm working on now will, will be my like seventh or eighth uh, release. And so, like, I don't know, I feel like I would be doing a disservice to the art of writing if I had seven or eight records that I only wrote about myself. I think that kind of seems stupid and pointless. Um, but yeah, I mean, all the songs do have some type of a personal depth to them. Um, there's probably a lot of stuff that I've, want to say out loud to somebody and I just put it in a song instead, you know, but I don't know, I try not to get lost in the 
the depth of only writing about yourself and your own feelings because to me like there's just so much more to life like why not escape that you know yeah yeah so. now you know because i would say you know listening to your stuff over the last few days you know like you are a fantastic storyteller thanks you know i mean i think so you know and i think that's where you know for us in our standpoint where the country aspect comes from right you know because me i argue all the time that you know country music doesn't necessarily have to be a you know a fiddle and a you know, a steel guitar, but, you know, the writing and the storytelling has to be there. Yeah, I think that's what drew me to country music early on. Because um, I didn't grow up on country music, but I grew up in South Texas, in yeah. Central Texas, so that gets everywhere, right, you know. Right, right. And I, I do think that as I got older, once I got into high school, I mean, I grew up in a really small town, and... Um, you know, you go to parties and hang out with people and they're all listening to like country music, whether it be a old school country or, you know, something new or, you know, like when I was in high school, Randy Rogers was huge. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's kind of where we got our start too with shows. So a lot of our shows when we first started were opening for country genre bands, Texas or Texas rock bands. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in that scene i've been doing this for like 12 years now i think around 12 yeah i just turned 30 so been doing it for about 12 years really heavily on the road though like the last half of that you yeah. know um and we just got like a good team around us just over the last couple of years so that's why we're sitting here all the way at uh what what, what town are we in we're know. in worcester massachusetts worcester. okay yeah. so yeah probably the Probably the first time I've been here, I think, but I just looked it up. I'm like 2,000 miles from home, so. Yeah. But I did that a couple months ago. I was on the West Coast. Yeah. And I was 2,000 miles from home over there, so I'm like, well, shit. I guess it's a living now. Um, but yeah, I do notice the storytelling in country, and I, I've always wanted to do that. I've, I've always enjoyed writing, and um, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued by really smart writing and, like, what I've been on lately is like deceptively deep but simple lyrics, like mm -hmm. shit that means a lot. But when you first hear it, you're like, ah, you know, it's not. It's not necessarily like, like I love Death Cab for Cutie. I listened to them growing up, um, like in junior high and stuff. And that guy's like super uh, particular with his words and uses a lot of big, big words with a lot of syllables. Um, sometimes Alex Turner does that as well from Arctic Monkeys, but. Uh, lately, I've been trying to do that with like smaller, simpler words, which maybe has something to do with my growing up in the yeah. country and stuff. You know, maybe just a simple man type shit. You know, yeah. I don't know. I have my own therapy session over here trying to figure that out. But um, <laughs> that's what the show is turning into. Yeah. You know, as we go, as we do more and more episodes, it's like that's exactly what it is. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I definitely look back at a lot of interviews and know that I sounded like a jackass and then I'm like I would have never said that but that you change and evolve over time yeah. you know like so there are people that I interviews with like 10 years ago and I'm like god I was a fucking idiot you know <laughs> and I'm sure I'll say the same thing about today in a month or two or maybe even tomorrow right like I was I was literally just saying this morning that I'm a fucking idiot because we went to NYC and then I don't even know how we got back it was a whole fucking story I was like Walking like Jack Sparrow on the way back to the Sprinter. I don't know. It was fucked up. But anyways, uh, life is fun. Yeah. But I think that those are important things to incorporate into songwriting. 
Um, I mean, I feel really lucky that I just get to create shit for a living, and I, I just create it, like, I mean, sometimes in studios, but sometimes the song starts in the car or at my house, and then now I get to travel around the country and do shit like this. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Me. Um, I've never really had, like, nine to five, per se. I mean, I had many jobs growing up. I've always been working since I since I could drive. In fact, I had a job before I could drive. Before I was 16, I was working at a golf course, and parents would have to pick me up, but it's just really cool that I get to do this for a living now, you know? Not a lot of people get the opportunity and just try to remind myself to be thankful, Yeah. you know? Yeah, so. I mean, in the hustle and bustle, I'm sure it's hard to, I mean, I'm sure it's easy to kind of lose yourself, too. Yeah, and, you know, it's, I mean, like right now, you know, we're doing an interview about me and what I do, and it's, uh, just interesting that people want to know like yeah. so much about me because I'm like I don't know I don't think I'm that interesting of a person um, I like to have fun fuck around but you know like have a good time with the boys on the road but that's what that's what the tour is all about right. you know right. I like the competition side of it too like the friendly competition and shit you know there's uh, always trying to be a better guitar player or a better songwriter than your buddy or come up with a better line so right. There's a lot of like sports and shit, you know, that kind of growing up playing sports and being competitive, like always wanted to be the best at this or that or that, you know, and so um, still try to do that with music, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I think, you know, I think people out there want to know more about you than you actually think. You know, there's a, you know, there's quite a talk about you out there and, you know, your rising stardom and... Um, yeah, I don't know. So, that, some nights yeah. it feels like that, and I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. At home, we're raking in numbers, you know, right. I mean, like that right. I never thought we would. But you know, I mean, this this tour has been our first. I, I would say this has been our first like headline tour mm. this far away from home. Sure. At least on this side of the country, um, we came out here with ZZ Top a couple months ago, and yeah, I have done a couple of shows up up in this part of the world, but. Not like all on my own. Mm. I mean, we're just driving that damn Sprinter around, showing up in fucking towns we've never been to, figuring out as we go, you right. know, and just hoping that a couple hundred people show up. And right. so, I don't know, man. I mean, some nights it's fucking awesome. Some nights we show up and there are 300 people in a town I've never been to, and I'm like, how did this happen? And right. some nights I show up and there's 13. So, <laughs> you know, uh, take the good with the bad, but yeah, it's... it's pretty crazy i feel like we we travel a whole lot more than than i thought we would and we we travel a lot more than some of our our friends do and other bands and stuff and it's uh it's definitely a tough life to uh with keeping that central mass vibe going we have to thank our friends over at the dcu center again here in worcester dcucenter.com they are the premier venue here in central massachusetts they are a mid-size arena they're the home of the worcester railers the massachusetts pirates numerous concerts numerous events check them out dcucenter.com they are at 50 foster street right here in worcester cheers it's a fun life but it's tough to keep everybody like busy enough to be playing shows that are worth it right you know what yeah. I mean? so i can get into that for hours i'm sure yeah it's uh i'm sure it's 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 interesting though i mean being here tonight i it's a cool cool last venue uh when i walked in i was like hell yeah and last night we played 
Mercury Lounge in New York City, and I was like, I saw people playing there. Like when I was growing up, I'd see it on their tour schedule, and I'm like, oh shit, they're playing Mercury Lounge in New York City, and then all of a sudden, we're playing there. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that shit happens all the time, dude. We have a good team around us that's creating opportunities for us, you know, and so all I can really do is just keep creating music and showing up at shows. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think, you know, for what you're doing in your sound, um, you know, I think, I think the other artists that are like you, that are, you know, maybe, uh, you know, a year ahead of you time-wise, right? Yeah. Um, and sharing that sound with Spotify and Apple Music and the internet and all that, you know, people are listening to like Co and then yeah. stumbling across you. Yeah. So it kind of goes hand in hand, you know, because up here, you know, I love the local radios. Yeah. But they're not playing Co Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they're just not, you know, yeah. they're not playing Pecos. They're not playing Giovanni. You know, they're not yeah. playing, you know, the guys out, of, guys out of Texas that have that Texas rock and roll, you know, alternative sound. It's a... Uh, it used to be a niche scene, you know, yeah. like, and now with like the whole rise of this whole, I, th that whole music scene is um, obviously like that's my home. That's where I come from. And it's been so cool lately to see all the like shit's just getting heavier, you know, like there's yeah. a lot more rock influence than there used to be in that scene. And it, it's, it's cool. And I'm. Yeah, I mean, you just named named a couple folks that, that have been doing it, and by no means do I feel like, or not feel like, but there's no, by no means am I like at the top of that or anything, but I was like at the beginning of the generation where it kind of came back. You know, yeah. obviously you had ragweed and everything. Yeah. Um, they were like the, they were like the rock, though. they were the red dirt, you know? Um, and Cody still is, Cody Canada, he's an amazing human one of our best family friends. He's actually one of the reasons why I moved to where I live now. Um, but then a lot of country stuff started happening in the scene. And there was a couple rock bands, but not like to the point of like the overly offensive, like uh, could be possibly a metal band, you know? Right. And then, yeah. you know, we started doing that and there's been a couple other bands doing it as well. I mean, uh, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like the old, the old fucker of the group, like, I just turned 30, but like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. My first record came out in 2014, so coming up on, yeah, I've had music out and released for almost 10 years, yeah. you know? Um, so obviously it, it it's a good thing it's gotten better since we started, but at the beginning of me doing this, I was like trying to make the music that I'm making now. Sure. I just feel like... I found out how to do it a little better. But what I was saying about the scene is it, I've seen a lot of waves in the scene um, over time, like bands pop up and disappear, pop up and disappear. Yeah. It's hard to keep a band together, dude. But I'm sure. it's so cool that like now it's not just a regional thing. Right. It's not just Texas and Oklahoma. Like these bands, I mean, us and like obviously Co, I, I just talked to those guys earlier today. Uh, his whole crew is like really good friends with, with all of our crew and just great people, good homeboys. But um, I FaceTimed uh, a guy named Casey that works for him just earlier today. 
Casey actually introduced me to my bass player now and my new guitar player, Jameson. They used to have a metal band together, so we were just FaceTime and shooting the shit. We're all big golf golfers and um, just time talking talking shit about each other's golf game and you know whatever. But they they were saying, oh yeah, we just played a hockey arena last night. So he's like selling out hockey arenas, and so I'm like, damn, that's fucking sick. Yeah. So um, really cool to see that, and yeah, like you're saying, hopefully some folks that hear his music they stumble upon us i think the same thing happens with you know guys like geo geo's having a really good time in his yeah. career right now yeah i'm hoping um, they come up here soon yeah i dig his music his band is really good yeah. live um there's a lot of similarities i think in what we're doing um obviously we also recorded the same studio so that had oh, a lot cool. to do with it yeah um like the studio that we did black sheep and abstract art at is the same studio that Co works out of and Geo, Cody West, um, and Reed Southall had been working out of there. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I mean, that producer, Taylor Kimball, he's a dear friend of mine. He had a huge, huge impact on the music scene that you're talking about. Yeah. You should check him out. Yeah, Taylor Kimball's his name. Um, but a lot of those records, the people that you mentioned, were, were done by Kimball, you know, in a studio. So, He's had a huge thumbprint on the scene as well, yeah. on, on really evolving it. I think I think there will be a couple people that they should eventually do a documentary about the scene, uh, probably sooner than later before all of us get too old. But, <laughs> you know, some people that nobody really talks about that are in the scene that make a huge difference is, is guys like Taylor Kimball. There's a guy named Josh Serrato who produced my first record. He now plays guitar for Co. But Serrato was in a band called Six Market Boulevard. They've since broken up, but they kept pushing like that rock side of things. They mm. were around before William Clark Green was around. Um, and then you got guys like Will. Will's been on the scene for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know, there's just a lot of players behind the scenes that nobody really knows have set that thumbprint up. And now, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about Co. like you have a guy from that scene that, you, as you mentioned, doesn't have radio support. No. Doesn't fucking need it because he's still selling right. 8,000 tickets a night. I right. mean, it's fucking nuts. Dude. Yeah, it's insane. We were on the ZZ Top Tour opening for them, and I kept seeing his name like on the next day or the next month or whatever after us, and I'm just like, holy shit, this is really fucking cool um, to see. So hopefully we can stumble upon some sort of that success at some point in our lives, too. I don't know. but Now, your relationship with Code, did that start, you know, before, you know, he kind of blew up? Have you you've had yeah. a relationship well well in advance of that? Yeah, we've been friends for a while, um, just being Texas boys and both love golf and everything. I I went I heard about him from a, years and years ago. I had gone to Stephenville um, to go see my buddy Shane Smith from Shane Smith and yeah. the Saints. Yeah, Shane's been on the show. Great oh, okay. Guy. Yeah, so like yeah, this is a whole web of fuckery here, but basically Shane's old faux manager, which is his buddy that was like helping him out, his name's Cody Bass. So I was roommates with Cody Bass when he was like a super senior or whatever at A&M, and I was a freshman coming in. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll spare some of the some of the details that would later <laughs> embarrass me, but basically I ended up going with Cody to Stephenville to see Shane open for Brandon Ryder. And ended up, you know, making some friends there and meeting folks. Came back to Stephenville multiple times. Um, stumbled upon Larry Joe Taylor Fest. 
I got in the songwriter competition in Larry Joe Taylor Fest in like 2012 or 2013, and I always lost. I made it to like the finals one year, and the other year I made it like to the third or fourth round. I don't know, but I never won. Uh, I'm pretty sure Parker McCollum beat me one of those years. Like that was when he was first starting too. And I think the other year a guy named Dalton Domino beat me. Uh, but you know, who, who fucking cares? Whatever. But <laughs> that that whole web of like music started there because Six Market Boulevard had just broken up. So Josh Serato, the guitar player I was talking about, and their bass player Ben Hussey, they started a studio. Uh, and this was before they even had a studio. They had a fucking uh, single wide trailer. Uh, and they were the trailer next door to them was Red Shahan's trailer, and so and another dude named Brandon Adams. Anyways, I did the songwriter competition, uh, started hanging out in Stephenville, doing that kind of stuff, and then a lot of those sounds started coming out of like that Stephenville area and Kimball Studios in Denton. So, um, and and like Will Green lives real close to there too. Yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly where the fuck I was going with this, but that whole scene has, it's not like it just started. It's been, it's been a thing for a while. Oh, the co thing. That's what you're asking me about. So I went there and one of the days while I was recording and that trailer was Serato and Hussey, like we got done recording for the evening and we went to this bar called Bostocks. It's right across from the university. I think it actually no longer exists. I think the university just bought it, put, fucking apartments there or something but I think he was playing there and uh, he was just kind of like local Stephenville dude we're like alright cool we were just back there playing pool getting drunk or whatever and then I ended up meeting um, Dre who's now his tour manager he used to play drums for him Dre was like a fan of ours I don't know how Dre found our music but he would always show up to our shows out in East Texas and then he, he told me that he was drumming for this other guy, and then all of a sudden he got the gig with Co. And then Dre asked me if they could play some shows with us. So we played like, they, they drove over to Lubbock and they actually opened for us for like, I don't know, 100 people. I don't even know if we made $100 that night, I have no idea. But we played at Blue Light with them. And it was whenever they had first gotten their van that says like the Jesus van, like honk if you love Jesus or something yeah, yeah. like that. He had just bought that like the day before or the week before and that was like their first trip in it so they were like thought they were big timing you know I mean? <laughs> but it yeah we were friends from from then and that was man that was probably well that was before he released noise complaints so whatever year that was he sent me the dropbox like that day before we got there so it wasn't even out yet and then that thing just exploded so yeah. i've been around doing my thing for a while and just kind of like seeing crazy shit like that, you know, like yeah. it's fucking nuts, dude. We played to like less than a hundred people, and then all of a sudden he's doing like eight thousand tickets. Like I said, it's it's fucking insane, yeah. and really inspiring, honestly. So I hope that I hope that more of that happens, you know. Yeah. But there's there's so much music out there, and there's so many people out there right now doing it. I mean, same thing with Parker McCollum. I, I opened for him at Magnolia Motor Lounge, the old Magnolia Motor Lounge in Fort Worth. There was like 100, 150 people there. Now we're gonna thank our friends on the North Shore, the Porch Southern Fair and Juke Joint, our buddy Jonathan 
Post is the head chef and owner of The Porch. They are at 175 Rivers Edge Drive, right in Medford, Massachusetts. Don't want to miss this place. They have some of the best food in the region. Jonathan has brought his Nashville roots here to New England with the food, with the hospitality, and most of all, the music. Check them out, theporchsouthern.com. So I think I would be totally remiss if I didn't mention our friends over at 10thwhiskey.com. That's 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. They're out of Vail, Colorado. Great, great friends of ours. We, um, we don't like bourbon here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, and they make the absolute best bourbon I've ever tasted in my entire life. And I'm not saying that because they've been great to us. They have the best bourbon, the best rye I've ever tasted in my entire life. So check them out, 10thwhiskey.com. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey Podcast sent you. Cheers. He was in a van. I had just gotten my second van or first van, something like that. Uh, so that it's crazy to see. It's really cool to see the scene like exploding and to think that so many genres have come out of that scene, you know. Parker's like country. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, some of Coast stuff is super country, but it's rock. You yeah. know, it's like American. Yeah, I think of him as like an American rock artist. Yeah, yeah. Maybe alternative. I mean, Geo stuff has definitely got like that Tejano mix in it, but yeah. it's it's rock. Yeah. You know? So, I don't fucking know what we are. I guess we're just songwriter, heavy I mean, rock. I yeah, don't know. I mean, um, yeah. But yeah, I definitely. Definitely try to not let a lazy lyric slip out. Um, not that those don't come out while you're writing, but you have to be, you know, particular with what you put on the paper, you know. So just trying to break people's hearts with as few words as possible. And luckily I have a badass band that's stuck by me and is willing to do crazy shit like this and sleep in a Sprinter and fucking parking lots from Boston to fucking Seattle, you know? Yeah. So it's an uh, interesting life. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, I mean, you're doing it, you know, and you're doing it yes. well. I guess. I don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> yeah, some days are better than others for sure. But yeah, but, but I mean, every time you go somewhere new, it's, you know, and you keep going back and back, you know, you're, the crowds are just going to get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah, we had that happen. I mean, we, we've had that happen quite a few times on this tour, but... Um, one of the moments that was really crazy for me over the last couple of years was, you know, we played Green Hall a couple of times. That's like where I live close to Green Hall. And I moved to that area of Texas, like the new Romples area. Uh, by the way, it sucks. If anyone's listening to this and is thinking about moving there, don't do it. <laughs> Stay out of my fucking swamp. I'm tired of these fucking L.A. people. I'm just kidding. But um yeah, so I moved to that area of Texas, you know, to try to to try to write songs and to try to learn about the music business and everything. And and then we, you know, I spent so many days trying to play at Green Hall, like just begging them to give me a four-hour acoustic Tuesday night. And they finally did. Like, you got to bring your PA and help people show up. And nobody fucking knows who you are. You're just, you know, you're just hoping that you eventually write a song that does something and you meet the right people and... Anyways, we, we got our first headline, like weekend headline at Green Hall this last summer. I think it was in June. Might have been June 10th. June 10th or 11th. But yeah, we sold that bitch out um, like the night before. And that was just like a really crazy feeling. I think that like 
holy shit, we can sell like a thousand tickets. When, right. <laughs> when the fuck does that happen? Yeah. You know, like it, it, it just made me feel really lucky and then, you know, thankful. And, and then we, we announced another Green Hall one that we did a couple months ago. We actually did it like in February. It was kind of like my 30th birthday bash and it sold out like almost two weeks in advance. So nice. I was like, holy shit, shit's getting real. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like, um, I don't know, it's, it's not an easy thing to do to sell tickets anywhere, but that moment for, for us was just really cool to, I guess, feel like shit's paid off a little bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, you always feel like you're paying your dues and you're working uphill. I always feel like that. But, you know... Yeah, but then you don't get comfortable and you just keep grinding. Yeah, I mean, that's I've just tried to stay grinding. I mean, Cody Jinks told me a long time ago, this is probably eight years ago, this was before he had a bus. He was in a, I think it was like a Ford camper van. Like it was a RV that you would take your family out with, you know, and that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what he was touring around in. And anyways, we played this acoustic show together and he just told me you gotta be too stupid to quit, you know, and, and he was doing it for a long time before his career popped. So yeah. I feel like maybe I'm in that boat in that situation. So. I don't know. I feel like the old fucker, like I was saying earlier, dude. Like I've seen, I've seen guys go from nothing to everything, and I've right. seen the opposite. I've seen guys that were absolutely smashing it and crushing it, not be able to sell a hundred tickets. Yeah. So I mean, there's just like such a crazy wide range of of things, and I think all you can do to keep growing is just keep putting out music and keep touring, and you have to keep writing. Um, and then eventually that hard work, you hope, ends up meeting with a good team that gives a shit about what you do and notices how hard you work. And I, th I feel like we're at the beginning of that new chapter yeah. right now. So that's why, I mean, that's why we're here. So I just, uh, yeah, I just try to remain thankful and know that we're lucky and then just keep trying to make as good a songs as we can, you yeah. know? So um, I don't know, but it's, it's just weird that I get to make up anything. I just get to make shit up and then record it. And then all of a sudden people want to hear it. Right. <laughs> it's just so weird. But uh, I, I'm truly a music fan. I love, love music. I'm always like, I've been obsessed with it since I was little. And um, yeah, like I'm always trying to find new artists and new shit that I like. And so it's it's cool to to be that for someone else, you know, to have somebody be like, I'm so pumped about your record. And I'm like, I'm so pumped about your record. What the fuck? Right, yeah. right. But life's weird. It is. It is. Um, so how much longer do you have on this tour that you're on? Um, I think like three weeks, and then I go home for like a week or two, and then go back out on the road. So we have this one, and then tomorrow we do Philly, and then we head down south to the Vir Virginia, and then the Carolinas, and then we're spending a week in Florida. And then we work our way back through like Birmingham and New Orleans and Georgia. And then we have a couple, I think we have one or two Texas shows to cap it off. And then um, we have a really big tour we're about to announce for all of May um, that I'm really looking forward to. So just trying to take each, each like tour is like a new chapter, yeah. you know, and you just try to capitalize on making the most friends and having the best experiences you can every night, you know? Um, but yeah, uh, 
six six weeks for this tour, so about yeah, three or four weeks left on this one, and then um, we go home for a little bit. But even when we go home, we're still going to play shows on the weekends. Yeah. So we don't really we don't really stop. If I'm not playing a show, I'm writing or recording something or doing business shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a grind. Yeah. Shout out to my wife for uh, putting up with my bullshit. Yeah, I mean, we all have those, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how she does it, yeah. Yeah. I'm fucking gone from the house all the time, and she just holds my, my shit down. She holds it's, it down. You got a good one there. Oh, yeah, best friend in the world. She's awesome. It's awesome. Now, I know you're going to get ready for your show tonight, so I thank you for your time. Um, but I do have two questions. What's that? One, boots. Do you wear boots? Cowboy boots? Uh, I used to wear boots a lot. I wear them for hunting now. Like okay. I like to hunt a lot. Um, so, yeah, if you catch me hunting, I'm definitely in boots, whether they're, you know, for, you know, hunting ducks or, you know, I started wearing these other ones. I love, I love my snake boots, a good pair of snake boots. I love that shit, yeah. dude, because I'm in South Texas a lot, so yeah. catch me in those bad boys a whole lot. Um, and I actually got some, like, hiking shoes recently, like, that's the ultimate, ultimate dad move there, yeah. but... Yeah. Some like badass, comfortable hiking shoes, and dude, they are legit. Yeah. So if I'm deer hunting or something, a lot of times I'll do, do those. Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally, dude, I, I'm wearing these fucking Hoka things now that are, we're all like the rage, and they're, they're super comfy. But I like, I like a good set of uh, Jays. I like Nikes. You know, I have way too many shoes, dude. I love Vans. Yeah. I have an entire wall full of shoes, none of which are crazy expensive. They're just They're just shoes. Just shoes. You got your lawn mowing shoes, man, and you got your fucking <laughs> yeah. steel toes in case you need to get out there and do some fucking work. Yeah. Now you talked a little bit about your uh, your banger of a night last night. What were you drinking? Uh I'm a vodka soda guy normally. Tito's is my thing, but we went to this fancy ass Japanese like sushi bar and uh, so I had some kind of like Japanese vodka with some kind of blossom. I don't know. It was nice. It was fancy. Yeah. So it's it just fancy vodka drinks, and then people started bringing us shots on stage. So we just started taking shots and shit, and it was just it went downhill fast. Nice. Now the show was great. Yeah. After that though, I was like, oh <laughs> fuck, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> now, what about whiskey? Do you do you like whiskey, bourbon? Um, you know, I've started to get into it more. My manager Corey's trying to get me into it. Um, I I have a black tooth tattoo, so we usually do these black tooth shots. That was like a Pantera thing back in the day. So that's like Jack with a little splash of Coke. Yeah. So something like that. But um, for me, with like with the whiskey, um, maybe I just haven't spent enough time yet with, okay. with a good one. That's fair. And I've had, man, when I was in college, I just had too many nights that left me fucking hating a certain type of booze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even smell tequila anymore. Fucking, I remember back in the day, like, when I was super young, I'm sure I was not even 21 yet, but we used to just be able to get bottles of, like, Malibu. Oh, yeah. So we'd put, like, Malibu and Gatorade and random shit like that. And, oh, man, it was yeah. so bad. Yeah, you would you would put anything with anything. In it. it was so bad, yeah. dude. And, oh, so many times I should have been in so much trouble. It was insane, dude. <laughs> I don't, yeah. 
Yeah, I generally vodka sodas, but yeah, I told myself I was gonna take a break after last night, but who fucking knows? I'm sitting here drinking a PD light. Right. Still feeling it, so sometimes you gotta get back on the horse. That's you know? right. Hair of the dog. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. No I'll let problem. you uh, let you get ready for your show and Alrighty. you know, kill it tonight and we'll uh we'll talk soon. Absolutely, thank you. Thanks, man. Dallas Jackson here with Tipsy Music. Artists, are you tired of getting $5 to play Freebird? How are you getting fans to engage with your own music? Venmo and Linktree are just temporary solutions until now. Tipsy Music is the one-stop shop for live music to make your life easier and monetize your set list. Tipsy takes Venmo, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and even credit cards all through your unique Tipsy QR code. The best part is no app to download, so fans can pay you quickly and get back to getting tipsy while watching you do what you do best. Sign up for free today at tipsymusic.com. That's T-I-P-S-E-E music.com at tipsymusic on all socials. Long live live music. Also, don't forget our friends over at hogwashandrhinestones.com. Our good friend Ray is the owner over there. She makes incredible clothing that you've seen all over the place from Nashville to Boston to everywhere in between. Some really big names have worn her stuff. That's hogwash, the letter N, rhinestones.com. Check them out. Tell them the Boots and Whiskey podcast sent you. You won't be disappointed. Check them out. Hogwash and rhinestones.com. A conversation with me again. Thank you so much to Austin and his team, and of course our friends at Off the Rails for getting this done for us. We really, really appreciate it. And I think it's the best, like I said at the top of the show, the best way to start off six. Um, next week we have JD Clayton on the show. If you've been paying attention, you know that JD is next week, and then the week after is Dave Wilbert, and the week after that is Parker Howard. Uh, April coming up, and then. I'm not going to lie. I think May is going to be even better. And this is April's great. May is going to be even better. And it's just going to keep rolling. Um, just so you all know, we are fully booked for the rest of the year. All of our interviews are set and locked up. Thank you to everybody that is, you know, agreed to coming on the show and has signed up and um, all that. So we really appreciate it. Obviously, if things come up, you know how we work. We know you know how we work by now. Um, you know, if Luke Combs comes tomorrow and says, "Hey, I want to be on your show," obviously he's gonna he's gonna come before anybody else. So <laughs> that's just the way it works. You know, let's be real. Um, got some great things coming up this weekend. We are going to um, the DCU Center, another partner of ours. A big thank you to them. We have tickets to the. Brew Woo, 10 Years of Beer, over at the DCU Center. If you are in the area, go check out that. Go get your tickets now. You're going to want to miss that. It's going to be a hell of a night. Great, great time. Um, yeah, so got that. We might even stop in for the Whiskey 6 and Bernard show at Off the Rails if we have some time. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great night. Great night for that. And then we got some shows coming up, I do believe, later in the month or May, or I'm not sure. I'm not looking at my calendar. But stay tuned. We got a bunch of stuff. We also. Oh, I want to shout out to our friends over at Silver. Um, bourbon, whiskey, whatever. It's all the same to me. You know that. Um, Alan Jackson's bourbon. Um, care. Thank you. Belly. Can't. So watch for a review of that coming out soon. 
you know where we're going to put that. We're going to put that right on TikTok. So take a look. And, you know, we got more to come. We got more to come. We have so much whiskey that we haven't gotten to yet. Um, God, we have so much. I'm looking at it right now on my bar. Whew, my liver is not going to be able to take much more. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Um, we'll see you next Tuesday or Monday, whenever you're listening to this, with our good, good friend, J.D. Clayton. So until next time, guys, thank you again. I, you know, we can't do this show without you. Um, I, can't, I can't say enough about it. Thank you so much. For six seasons. Jesus Christ. Guys. Here at the Boots and Whiskey Podcast, it's all about real people, real stories, real... Guys, cheers. Good night.